Could we turn, please, to uh, Philippians chapter 4? Now, if I was to mention the word prescriptions, you would all know what I am talking about. One goes to see the doctor about a, a problem, a medical problem, and the doctor diagnoses what he or she thinks wrong and writes out a prescription. And we, believing that that is a good thing, take that prescription to the chemist, they bake it up for us, and then we follow the instructions, we take whatever it is, tablets, whatever, and trust that it will work. Often it does. Sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes we have to have a continual prescription because we have a, a condition that needs continual treatment. For example, blood pressure or something similar. Tonight I want to talk about a prescription. And this is a prescription found for maintaining God's peace in our lives. And we find it in verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have heard both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. These two verses are intensely practical. And what Paul is doing here, he's encouraging the Philippian believers and he's encouraging us as we read them and seek to uh, learn from them to seek, to seek holiness and to seek righteousness in everything. All Christians are to seek to have the mind of Christ. And all Christians are to seek to walk as the Lord Jesus Christ walked. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are genuinely real, agreeable, agreeable to unchanging and eternal truth. A Christian must be a person of absolute integrity. Our integrity belongs solely to the Lord. And we are to seek to be real and genuine as opposed to being false. Genuine substance, if you like, and not shadows. 
Truth about God. Truth about eternity. Truth about the cross. Truth about the resurrection. Truth about the sinfulness of man. Truth about the judgment. And truth of how to get right with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we are to agree with the truth and doctrines that we find within the scriptures. And of course, truth stands out against falsehood. We read in Ephesians 4 and verse 25, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And if you like, the norm for truth is in God himself. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 4, we read this. God forbid, yet let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. And of course we know, don't we, that there is truth in the armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14, we're told, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Truth has to be genuine. It's real. There used to be a, an advert years ago about Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola was the real thing. Now, I don't know, but I mean, I suppose I could bring in half a dozen glasses of different makes of cola here. Tesco, Sainsbury's, Morrison, something else, something else, and Coke. I wonder if we really could tell the difference. But according to the blurb, Coke is the real thing. But when you talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, there is reality and truth. And we need to um, stand firm. Stand firm. And we need to deep, dig deep into the scriptures. Whatsoever things are honest... Whatsoever things are honourable. What he's talking is decent things, venerable things, things of good repute, being dignified. It means having a servant character, highly respected and worthy of regard. We read in uh, Paul's letter to Titus in chapter 2 and uh, verse 2. It's talking here about older men, aged men, and that's some of us here this evening at least, must be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and in patience. And in verse 7, talking to the younger men. In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. 
sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say about you. What do people really think of us? Not that we may be a bunch of religious weirdos or things, but when they really know us, when they see us. I can remember many, many years ago, when I, in the London City Mission, we used to have one meeting a month. It used to be called Divi Day. The reason was that was the day we got paid, and that was the way they managed to get us up there, I think. But, um, and we used to have a guest preacher. And I remember him once, and he, he was preaching, and he said, if I want to find out how good a mission you are, missionary you are, I'll go and talk to your kids. Because they know you exactly what you're like at the end of the day, when you're tired, when you might be weary, when you might be a bit irritable. That's how I'll judge a good missionary. At the end of the day, I'll ask his kids. It's quite challenging, isn't it? Our ones that love us most, who know, you know, they would be the ones, perhaps, that um, I trust that we would never put them off from the Lord through our behaviour. You see, what he's talking about is all our behaviour is worthy of a good reputation. People may not like us. People may even despise us. But they cannot take away the reputation that we have if it's in Christ. And of course, we are to obey the laws of society. Except, of course when they are contrary to the word of God. Sometimes it's also easy, isn't it, to dwell on the dishonorable. I'm told bad news is what sells newspapers. And sometimes you listen or watch the news and you can come away feeling quite depressed. It's so easy, isn't it? Think of the problems. You know, the COVID situation. The war in Ukraine, will it lead to a greater escalation? This massive hike that's coming apparently at the end of the year in fuel bills and the cost of living and so on. So easy to get so burdened down. But we need to have look to whatsoever things are honest, honourable. That's our task, or one of them, to seek to grow in looking to things that are honourable. But he goes on, doesn't he? Whatsoever things are just. In other words, things that are agreeable to justice and righteousness. Now, of course, the problem is with human justice is it's so highly fallible and gets so much wrong. And it's so easy, isn't it, to, to rush to judgment. We hear something and we immediately think, that's it. But we have to look at things and through the justness that the Spirit of God leads us to. And righteousness... We are to be upright in this area. We don't condemn people without good cause. 
We don't gossip and report with a unnecessarily and so on. As someone said, we are to cultivate serious, righteous thinking. And just, being just, is honouring the highest concept of what is right. And we can only know that through the help and enabling of the Spirit of God himself. And we are to seek this between ourselves, between men, between man and man. And the aim is a standard that would satisfy the Lord. Of course, you'd say that's impossible. But it's an aim that we should be there to seek to do that. We are to seek to be worthy of his righteousness. And isn't it so opposite to the craft and deceit of the world? We live in a world today where sadly there's so little trust. People try to take shortcuts. People deceive. People tell lies. And some people seem to think there's nothing wrong with it if you get away with it. We need to have an uncorrupted integrity. When you speak, you speak truth. And you speak justly and righteously. Because he goes on, doesn't he? Whatsoever things are pure. Another word that could be used there is chaste. It's a, it's a state of mind. And then it involves acts of the body. It means being morally undefiled. We live in a morally corrupt society, don't we? We live in a society where things that, well, if our parents knew about, they would be totally and absolutely shocked. And we need to stand firm for purity, for morality. Not only in deed, but in thought. Because let's be honest, the deeds come from the thoughts. Take the example of David in Bathsheba. I know he should have been at the war, but he was up there, he was bored. He went up for her to get him a fresh air or whatever he did. And he looked and he saw Bathsheba having a bath. Now you could argue you shouldn't take a bath on the top of a roof. But there she was. Now David should have thought, this is as far as I go, and gone back downstairs. But he didn't. He looked and he looked and the look became lust and the lust became adultery and eventually adultery became murder. Thoughts. Always bad thoughts often lead and do lead to bad deeds. Remember when Paul wrote this letter to the Philippian church, they were surrounded by pagan immorality. And indeed, 
pagan decadence. And isn't that so true for us today? That we are surrounded by pagan immorality and decadence? And what a witness it is when we stand for truth. When we don't go along with the herd. When we say, no, I don't agree with that. I think that is wrong. Yes, there'll be flack to come our way. But we're here to serve Christ. And we have to have purity within our minds. You see, if we're going to be a witness for Christ... We are going to need a standard that's irreproachable. Now, that is probably impossible, but we are to seek it. We mustn't be those who people say, yes, he doesn't do what he says. We are to be those that they say what he says is what he is. Whatsoever things are lovely... Here, the word lovely means amiable. That's both in our conversation and our conduct. Sad, isn't it? That some people are so miserable. They've got nothing to say about anyone. I could never encourage anyone. could never do anything. We need to be amiable. It's an attitude of mind. It is something with the Lord's help we cultivate. We are to seek to be gracious to other people. We are to seek to please people rather than ourselves. And it can take sometimes a hard work, serious business. My grandson showed me a book he's reading. It's called How to Grow Dragons. And it starts off by saying, growing dragons is a serious business. Do you know, being a Christian is a serious business. Seeking to be amiable and kind, especially to some people that are not at all kind and amiable to us, can be different, difficult. We are not to be irritable. We are not to be impatient. We are not to be insensitive. We are not to be morose. And all this, of course, we need to seek to be acceptable to the Lord. Whatsoever things are of good report, things that are useful, things that are profitable for people, things that are well-sounding, things that are commendable, things that are laudable, things that are truly reputable. It is being courteous. It is being respectful. We're not to be those that seek popularity. We're not to be those who go for vain glory. And he goes on to say, if there be any virtue. Virtue means the promoting the good of mankind. And of course, what he's given here in verse 8 is not a complete list. 
You can add on to it anything that has true virtue. You rather, you know, you think on it. Think of good report. If there be any virtue, think on these things. Display it. Open up your mind to these things. You see, virtue grows on the tree of salvation. And the tree, of course, is faith. And the roots of the tree are in sovereign grace. And what he's saying is, think on these things. Esteem them. Recommend them. Practice them. These things are of excellence. Take these things into account. Virtue is a quality. And praise is virtue's due. If there be any praise, think on these things. We need to be those who seek to to guard our minds and guide our mental state by what we allow ourselves to think or ponder upon or look upon. Our thought life is so, so very important. We read in Psalm 94 and verse 11, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. We read in uh, Psalm 66 and verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And one more verse from the Psalms, 139 verse 2. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising, Thou understandest my thought afar off. And we are to be those, as he says here in verse 9, we are to learn from Paul's teaching. Because what Paul was teaching here in Philippians is the word of God. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you. It is received by faith as a salvation from God. What they saw, this is what they saw in Paul as he served amongst them. And what Paul was saying is you take them, this is not an option, this is not take it or leave it, You take them as a rule of faith and practice. And that's what Paul taught and what Paul delivered, didn't he? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, and, and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye also received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, 
hey, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day, and according to the scriptures, and so on. And in um, Galatians, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 12, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why we follow and read Paul and Philippians, and of course in other letters, because he received it from the Lord. And he received it from the Lord for his benefit and for the church at Philippi's benefit, but also for our benefit as well. And he's talking there about learning and receiving. Hearing and seeing the grace in verse 8 as displayed by the Apostle Paul. Things worthy to be kept. Paul had received these things from the Lord Jesus Christ and now he passes them on. It's an example of what Christ can do in a person. We can't do it our own, but Christ can. Thought translated into action. We not only receive God's wonderful gift, but we receive one who is a constant helper, who gave the gift himself. We must be the salt of the earth. We must be the light to the world. And the lives of Christians and non-Christians should be so, so radically different. And of course in all this there is a need for self-examination. We are to give to the Lord those secret desires, those hidden prejudices, hidden attitudes. When we are convicted of sin, then surely we should want to change. A desire to grow in holiness, to show the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, to be more loving, to be more joyful, to be more patient, and so on. And we cannot, we cannot have peace with God if we are disobedient. And we are to live out these things in our lives. Our actions are the outward expression of our thoughts. If you like the scene, and the unseen. The unseen, of course, is the maker of the other, the seen. There, of course, is a need, and I'm sure you don't need to remind you, for a daily reading of the Word of God, for prayer, for meditation with the Lord. Spiritual growth doesn't happen automatically. It's not something you send away for. It's something that one has to work at and pray for and practice. True believers hear 
when the Lord is speaking to them. True believers meditate with the Lord. They meditate to understand and then act upon what the Lord is saying. And this indeed becomes a constant process through our lives. We are to be and seek to be men and women of large-hearted love, charity. To be men and women of steadfast loyalty. Dwell in God's peace amidst all the storms. What does he say in verse 7? And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Is that true for us this evening? Is the peace of God keeping you, your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus? Free from fear, free from doubt, free from worry, free from unbelief, free from bad habits. We could go on and on and on. But we are indeed to seek to apply that to ourselves. And all we have to do is ask him. The Lord is so gracious and so generous with his blessing to his people. And if we ask him, he will give us his peace, which will pass all our understanding. We'll never really understand it ourselves. But what it will do, it will keep our hearts and our minds centered on him and not on the problems that we face or the world faces or whatever. May we this evening know that and may each one of us be able to know as we leave the door tonight that the God of peace will go out with us and stay with us forever and ever. Amen. Our last hymn is number 766. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Number 766.
to the blood of the everlasting covenant. Make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever 